0: I confess, I told my husband that he needed to be more of a dom in our relationship. His first act in the role was to tell me to get him a beer. (laughs) (laughs) I used my safe word. (laughs) Sex. Almost everybody does it. Almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a live storytelling series based in Austin, Texas. Whether the performers are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Stories heard at Bed Piss Confessions explore themes of sexuality, gender identity, dating, marriage, masturbation, breakups, health and wellness, and more. Whether the story is hysterical or downright emotionally raw, we hope Bed Piss Confessions will either spark a fantasy or start a conversation, maybe even both.
1: I lie on the exam table with my knees butterflied out, naked from the waist down, a paper sheet covering my lap. I focus on my breathing. My belly rises and expands with every inhale. My physical therapist tells me, now deep breath in, drop your pelvic floor. Imagine a lime passing through your vagina. (laughs) Though (laughs) it takes great mental energy and focus to move muscles you've never consciously moved. Muscles you don't know the names of. Muscles you're not even allowed to talk about. Though I cannot tell, I must be doing it right because she says, perfect, and removes her finger from my body. I have vaginismus. Vaginismus is a pelvic floor condition characterized by involuntary contractions of the pelvic floor muscles, causing pain, penetration problems, and inability to have intercourse. Vaginismus is the reason that my physical therapist sticks her hand in my vagina every week and asks me to rate the pain. It's why I'm in my mid-twenties, and I've never had a relationship, never fallen in love, or ever had sex. Vaginismus reared its head when I was 14 years old and started my period. When I tried using a tampon, it felt like I was trying to force it into a hole that didn't exist, causing excruciating, stabbing, tearing pain. My mom encouraged me to try again every time I menstruated. She'd be on the other side of the bathroom door trying to coach me through it, insisting it was all about finding the right angle. I never found it. I found ways to hide this little secret. I carried tampons with me to pretend I used them. My period was irregular for a long time. I could never predict its onset, so I would buy dresses for proms and special occasions with big, full skirts in order to hide panty lines and pads. IRS VP'd not going to pool parties, and avoided planning beach trips with my friends. Bathing suits and slinky dresses were just out of the question. As the years passed by, I listened to all of the juicy details of my friends having sex for the first time, and the second time, and the third. Then I lost count. Girls my age were getting pregnant. I went to the University of Alabama where practically every girl graduated with a ring on her finger. Every date my friends went on, every guy they hooked up with, every relationship they entered felt like a personal betrayal. They were moving on and growing up in this arena without me. I felt left behind, embarrassed and ashamed, isolated and infantilized. I spent years visiting countless doctors who couldn't tell me what I had or how to fix it. Some of them refused to even examine me because they thought it was a waste of their time since I wasn't currently sexually active. A few insisted that it must have been the result of sexual trauma. Trauma is a cause, but it's not the cause. Vaginismus and pelvic pain are unique to everybody who has it. The root can be purely physical but is often a combination of physical, emotional, and mental factors. For me, the pain is cyclical. The physical pain causes my anxiety around sex, dating, and relationships. In turn, the anxiety manifests physically, causing my muscles to tighten and making it harder to penetrate. Lots of doctors told me to just relax, which is really hard to do when, one, you're bracing for a lot of pain, and two when you don't know how some doctors told me to just drink alcohol when I wanted to be intimate with someone it's terrible medical advice alcohol alcohol doesn't lead to looser muscles but only to poor decision-making one gynecologist told me to do kegels every day which I later found out that kegels only made my muscles tighter and stronger and harder to penetrate one was sick of my knee snapping shut every time she came with a speculum that she had a nurse hold them down and apart while she forced it in. Another suggested that I buy the skinniest candle I could find and practice inserting that when I was naturally lubricated, meaning on my period. I'll never forget the panic attack I had in my bathroom trying to stick a candle inside me, mascara running down my face. Blood covering my hands, the candles, the counter, the floor. I didn't think I was ever going to be able to do it. It was then that the mean, nasty, ugly voice inside my head whispered, I'll never have sex. I'll never fall in love. I'll never get married or have children. That's a lot riding on one body part. The summer between graduating college and starting grad school at UT, I found my first pelvic floor physical therapist in Nashville, Tennessee. I went to her office twice a week where she'd stick her hand inside me, and every day I'd practice inserting my dilators. Dilators are plastic phallic shaped rods that come in varying widths that are used to treat the condition. At the end of the summer, I was able to use a tampon for the first time. I was 21 years old, about to start graduate school, and I used a tampon for the first time. When I moved to Austin, I was eager to explore my sexual potential. It was new and exciting, and I wanted to do it right away. I wanted to share this part of the human experience that songs, books, poems, TV shows, movies are about. I also felt a clock ticking, the big V word looming over me. No one thinks it's cute to be a virgin in your 20s. And I hate that word, virgin. Like as equal and opposite sister whore, it places value and judgment on women in ways that we can never win. We talk a lot about slut-shaming, but we never talk about virgin-shaming. Characters in the media who are virgins are portrayed as uptight, self-righteous killjoys. Match.com does a Singles in America study every year, and they have the question, would you ever consider dating a virgin? because we don't have anything else to offer as human beings. And 42% of people say they would not consider dating a virgin. Once someone gets to a certain age without having sex, people assume that something must be wrong with her. Or maybe no one finds her attractive. And as women, we're taught from a very young age that how attractive we are is directly correlated to our value. Not to mention, our society's accepted definition of the word is completely based on heteronormative penis-vagina penetration. But there are lots of different kinds of people having lots of different kinds of sex and lots of different kinds of relationships. It's a bad definition, and yet it holds the power to make people feel unwanted and undesirable. It validates some people's sex and not others, claiming there's a right and a wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Vaginismus aside, I had never really had any luck dating. I always assumed that I must have some body odor problem or something that no one was telling me about. While it often hurt to feel like the last picked, there was a sense of relief that no one was pursuing me. For so long, my condition didn't have a name. It didn't have a medical explanation legitimizing it. It was a pain I had never heard of, a pain that doctors couldn't figure out. The idea of being intimate with someone was terrifying. How would I ever explain it to them? But now it had a name, and it had a medical explanation. I could use a tampon, and I was living in this big city full of single 20-somethings, and dating finally felt like a possibility. But what I quickly learned was that dating is the worst. (laughs) It's rough out there. Especially when you can't have sex. (laughs) Guys are really entitled to it. I find that around week three of dating, they start tearing off your clothes despite your hardest defense. And when you tell them that they can't go inside of you, they get really mean really quickly. There was this one who I'd been dating for a couple of weeks, and one night we got drunk, and I decided to just get it over with. But as soon as we started fooling around, I was in a lot of pain. I knew I wasn't ready and he wasn't right. He practically forced me to tell him why I stopped him and when I told him about my vaginismus, he laughed and said, that's hilarious. Here I was, literally, figuratively, completely naked, telling him and trusting him with my Painful and private secret, and he laughed in my face. Once our clothes were back on, he told me he didn't want to see me anymore. Shortly after that, I found my physical therapist in Austin, who helps me loosen my muscles and train them to work in different ways. I use my dilators every day. I'm constantly adjusting my body to relax my thighs, glutes, and abdominals, because all of those muscles are directly connected to those in the pelvic floor. So tightening, relaxing those, tightens and loosens the others. I've had to stop doing crunches and sit-ups, giving up any dreams of ever having a six-pack. <laughs> and I have made progress. I'm using the large-sized dilator in physical therapy, so, thank you. I have doctors who I really like and trust, and they are familiar with the condition. This summer, I had my first pain-free exam at the gynecologist. And now I talk about it publicly. (laughs) I'm actually in pre-production for a short animated film about it also called Tightly Wound, and if you see the cards that are around on your seats, it has all the info how you can follow along. We're having a Kickstarter next month. I share my story because talking about it feels better than hiding behind shame. (laughs) Silence doesn't heal. But what's still really hard about it is that sex is everywhere and impossible to avoid. There are lots of TV shows and movies that have love and sex as the premise and I can't even engage in it because it just bums me out. I always want to punch the Photoshop celebrity on the cover of Cosmo who wants to tell me the secret to getting flat abs and the 78 ways to turn him on. (laughs) Agreed. My news feeds are saturated with new relationship statuses, engagement announcements, wedding photos and sonograms. Sometimes I find it really hard to find interest in my friends' love and sex lives, and I know that makes me a terrible friend, but sometimes it just feels really unfair. I can't even imagine being in a relationship at this point. And if someone came into my life, I'd be like, what do I do with my hands? (laughs) While it sometimes feels like I'm whining about not having a boyfriend, we all seek love and connection. I just want someone to hold my hand, someone to go on adventures with, someone to be my plus one to parties, and I want to have sex, damn it. (laughs) But I've learned that if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be with someone who I trust, someone who's willing to be a patient and empathetic partner, someone who's willing to work with me. If that person shows up tomorrow, a week from now, six months from now, 10 years from now, never, I don't know. But what I do know is that vaginismus has kept me from making a lot of bad mistakes. (laughs) It has weeded, (laughs) it's weeded out a lot of jerks. And I'm also certain that where I'm at now sure beats sticking a candle inside my bleeding vagina. Thank you.
0: shall be had in bedpost confessions is produced by julie gillis mia martina and sadie Smythe. audio production is by ian danskin you don't have to attend a show to confess with our confession scroller you can confess with us anytime on our site at bedpostconfessions.com Also pick up a copy of our anthology, Bed Piss Confessions, Real Sex, Real People, Real Stories, which features 35 stories and hundreds of audience confessions. Bed Piss Confessions, the anthology, found on Amazon in print and ebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and if you have a sec, please help bring Bed Piss Confessions to more people by rating the podcast. You know how it works. More ratings and reviews equals higher podcast ranking equals more confessions. Thanks for your support, and until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess.
2: My girlfriend has always wanted to peg me. So I finally let her. She got so excited that she pushed the dildo all the way inside me. I thought it had dropped out, and she was afraid to tell me where it ended up. She went into the bathroom put on her makeup just in case she had to take me to the ER (laughs) then I just decided I'd just try sitting on the toilet and that took care of things note to self and bedpost confessions next time tie a string on it (laughs) sage advice And then, and then I, right after that, I got this confession. I, I confess, I like sticking dildos up my boyfriend's ass. Power trip.